Welcome to the Responsibly Different mini-series exploring the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, helping you set meaningful goals in 2023. Welcome to the Responsibly Different mini-series featuring the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. In this episode, Brittany and I will be discussing goal number 17, Partnerships for the Goals. As the United Nations states, strengthen the means of implementation and revitalize the global partnership for sustainable development. In this episode, we are going to be sharing how businesses, government agencies, and nonprofits are collaborating to build a brighter future for all of us. To help us understand this goal and the importance of it, we are bringing back the perspective of Jean-Marc Debercon, the CEO of Alterfin, a B Corp based in Brussels, Belgium. You may remember Jean-Marc from some earlier episodes. Alterfin is raising capital and invests in developing countries through the financing of smallholder producer organizations and sustainable agriculture. We love Jean-Marc's understanding of this goal, and we couldn't agree more. This goal is a great conclusion to the Sustainable Development Goals. It helps tie them all together, and the goal cannot be complete without number 17, partnerships. SDG 17 is absolutely crucial, and that's probably why it's number 17. It's the last one of them because there's nothing you could achieve if you do it alone. And when you look at the immensity of the challenges that we are faced with, we, we just can't go alone. We have to team up. We have to realize that uh, it's only together pulling our forces together, our ingenuity, our resourcefulness that we can cope with uh, the challenges that, uh, that we're faced with. We could not agree more. Partnerships are crucial. So we asked Jean-Marc to give us an example of a partnership that Alterfin was involved with to help show how powerful working together globally can be. So 11 years ago, CISAF was founded, and that stands for the Council for Smallholder Agriculture Finance. And CISAF was founded by seven organizations. So you had uh, Root Capital in the US, Shared Interest in the UK, Responsibility in Switzerland, Oiko Credit, Rabobank Rural Fund, and Triodos in the Netherlands. And then you had Altafin in Belgium. All seven uh, decided to pull their forces together to set up CISAF Council that would act within the sector of sustainable agriculture as um, a kind of body that would help define best practice standards. But I would also put together data and make it publicly available to all the actors in that sector. Why? So that all of them would learn better about the trends of the sector, the challenges of the sector, and that ultimately a lot more financing would make its way to smallholder farmers. And initially it was not easy, obviously. 
but little by little, we realized that by working together and defining those, those standards and defining responsible lending principles, we could re- really make a difference. And in 2018, we went one step further. We mandated the company Dahlberg to look through our balance sheets, our PLs, our books, compile all the data. And that meant 4,000 loans over the course of five years. Look at how much financing had been put together, how much it costed, what were the operational costs, what were the monitoring costs, the legal costs, um, the FX losses, uh, the recovery management efforts uh, or less losses, and, um, and conclude how profitable or not our loan activity was. And the conclusion was, um, was astounding because w- what emerged is that we were able to really define some very strong trends, not just within our group, but because we represented three quarters of a billion dollars of annual disbursements, we were able to define what were the trends for the sector. Just to help drive home this very important point that Jean-Marc shared, Globally, companies come together to ensure all smallholder farmers were able to get the funding that they needed. They worked together to identify what parts of the industry was not being helped successfully, and they did something about it together. Out of their findings came the formation of Aseli, a group formed in East Africa that now includes a team in Nairobi that is working to address the financial access gap for smallholder farmers. We will link to these organizations in the show notes if you want to keep exploring the work that they've been doing. The next important thing we want to highlight about this partnership is the growth in jobs that it brought to the communities and these companies that supported them. This is important because the United Nations believes that achieving this sustainable development goal could open up 12 trillion US dollars of market opportunities and create 380 million new jobs by 2030. Importantly, first of all, the, the, the entire Silly team, I mean, other than uh, um, I think two people who are based in the US, the entire Silly team is based in East Africa, in Kenya. They have a, a sizable team now there that's working and has been very successful. Now, the Silly team is now working on um, a program uh, that wouldn't be just focused on uh, Silly Africa, but also Silly Latin America. So the model can be replicated. And then with the funds uh, that Aseli is providing, there's been a, a real measure of success because I'll, I'll give you the example of, of, of Autofin. We started in 2020 to provide some loans to small coffee, smallholder farmers organizations in Rwanda. And we provided in total $1.5 million to them, not to one organization or to two organizations, but to eight organizations. And when I say 1.5 million, it was the total. So the average loan was about 120,000, which frankly would not have been possible without the support of uh, Aseli. First, because uh, a lot of these partners were too weak. And second, because of course, financially, it was not sustainable. So I think if you are talking about um, added value, this is uh, a clear uh, illustration of the, the value that Aseli created by making that possible. To continue to highlight how partnerships is the key framework to achieving all of the sustainable development goals, 
from a conversation we had with Empowered CEO Sunga Jung back in August of 2022, we want to raise up how important it is to have partnerships with NGOs globally and how all those partnerships can be supporting all of the other goals that we have talked about in this series. Empowered creates solar-powered portable lights and charging devices that are lighting the way in social enterprise. In the 10 years that they have been in business, they have impacted 4 million lives and diverted 3 million tons of carbon through their portable solar-powered lights and chargers. Here is Sangha explaining how they find their partnerships to be able to achieve all of this success. The reason why we have these NGO partners is because we know that we can focus on product innovation, manufacturing, but this last mile effort is one that we're seeking not to replicate, but to really capitalize on through our partners who know best how to actually distribute to the last mile, what programming might be most effective. So it's a wonderful example of private-public partnerships and also NGO partnerships. So we work across a number of different areas. It could be anything from female entrepreneurship to education to medical clinics to rural development. Our lights serve many different purposes. So many of these NGO partners, the UN, Save the Children, International Medical Corps, all the way down to tiny organizations that work with very localized communities all of these organizations are doing the actual work. And if we can combine with them so that they're able to deploy our lights plus mobile charging devices at the same time, it's sort of a a win-win scenario. So again, we kind of mutually find each other based upon the work that we're doing. And in many of these cases, we found there to be a a terrific synergy. Uh, Just as a quick example, International Medical Corp has taken our lights a number of times, not only to keep their medical clinics open, but they also found that our lights are a very well-desired incentive for vaccination. So, you know, prior to COVID, they were finding, you know, there was a level of distress within certain local communities. But if they gave our lights to the, the female head of these families, then the vaccination rate improved tremendously. So that's just one micro example of how, again, our organizations know their communities, know what work would be beneficial, and we're able to collaborate with them to provide this vehicle for change. Here is Sangha sharing about how Empowered's partnership with B Corp certified NUMI Tea and NGO Waves for Water is serving people in Ukraine. Yes, Ben, I'd love to share that Empowered has teamed up with NUMI Foundation which is the philanthropic arm of NUMI Organic Teas, as well as an amazing NGO called Waves for Water. And so together we are deploying lights, water, and power to 550,000 internally displaced people within the Ukraine. So, you know, these are people who may be hiding out in bunkers or abandoned buildings And for them, you know, light, water, and power are essential. The really amazing thing with this partnership is that we understand, hopefully, whenever the war ends, there may still be a time for reconstruction. So, you know, the infrastructure has heavily been damaged, and 
the materials we're providing in terms of our solar lights and mobile charging devices, as well as the water purification systems, will allow individuals to have their own source of water, power, and electricity for up to 10 years. So we're really seeing this as an initiative to not only help during this immediate crisis, but also during whatever may incur ensue uh, during the reconstruction phase. Some of us might be overwhelmed by the idea of starting a partnership, but here's John Salzinger, the founder of Empower, to help shed some light on how they go about developing partnerships. Uh, for me, it has been very easy. If you have a solution that's going to solve a problem, uh, NGOs deploy, they're just deployment partners that are in situations where we're not. I mean, we're in New York. Uh, we're remote now, so we're kind of all over the United States. But you know, when you have an opportunity to help an organization that already has the infrastructure, you know, and the wisdom to solve problems, it's, it's not difficult to reach out to them and offer a solution. And if your solution is honest, works well, and fits into their programming, it's, it's not a difficult task. That, that first part, though, is the key. Is it actually solving a problem? Is it not creating more problems? That's, that's the key. So it should be a thoughtful solution. Now that we've heard of how businesses have partnered with NGOs, we want to share an example of a partnership that has brought about one of the most well-known certifications in the United States, the USDA's Certified Organic Label. Back in November of 2021, we had Certified B Corp Amy's Kitchen on the show when we spoke with their Senior Sustainability Director, Paul Schaefer. Here's Paul explaining what Certified Organic is and sharing how a group of businesses in partnership with the USDA created the Certified Organic certification. There's a lot, but I think in its most basic sense is that organic, it's really avoiding the use of over 700 toxic chemicals that are traditionally used in farming or the production of food. It's a regulated system. It's actually uh, governed by a public-private partnership. So what I mean by that is a group of private companies, Amy's being one of them back in 1987, we all got together and we said, we believe in a different form of agriculture, but we want a standard and we want something that we can look to that's objective, that we can communicate about, that we can use uh, as we try to transition our supply chain to this vision that we all had. And uh, it was happening in all these little localized ways in different communities and different pockets of the country. And we, uh, together with a bunch of certifiers and other food companies, came together and we helped create this national organic program, which created the organic seal and created sort of the rules of the road about how do you farm without the use of all these chemicals. And those could be pesticides, herbicides, fertilizers. And what's really interesting, even though that's, you know, the simple term is it's not, it's avoiding the chemicals really at the end of the day, what it's actually doing, it's a nature-based system. When you don't have that chemical arsenal to, to sort of take out all the bugs and, you know, create a sort of monoculture system to farming, you have to look at soil health. You have to look at non-chemical techniques like crop rotation and selecting really highly resistant varieties um, of plants, using nutrient waste management in effective ways. Um, in some ways, you know, while traditional ag might try to just get rid of any living thing that's not the planet wants, we actually want living things. We want the enemies of our pests in the field. And, you know, if you're, if you're just taking it all out, you take it all out. So we're trying to create a, nat a nature-based system, something that's actually biologically complete as much as possible. And I think the thing that really, I, I always, I don't know if 
the broader world understands how accountable organic is. I mean, it really, every farm, every processor, every step goes through annual third-party certifications where they, you know, their practices are looked at in depth, their paperwork, how they actually operate and keep policies. And it's, and it's being done at scale. So there's some interesting small scale ideas out there, but none of them are working on a national now global level in the way that organic is. So, yeah, I think it's something that really works. It, it's for us, it's, it's, uh, is it perfect? No. Is there room to improve it? Yes. But I think in terms of a, something that you can go out and guarantee is doing a certain set of things, there's nothing else like organic out there in the ag space today. That's really cool to hear how such a complex certification came to be from a few people. Just goes to show how powerful a partnership can be if you're working with the right people. Another but very different example of how businesses are partnering to achieve the goals is with B Corp certified Shopping Gives. Shopping Gives was built to create meaningful pathways between businesses and nonprofits to increase donations to nonprofits while providing impact and value for brands. They have created a seamless experience to connect the customer with supporting the causes they care about. Here's founder Ronnie Sage sharing with us how a few of their partner organizations are giving the consumer that power. Shopping gives a social impact commerce platform that is creating the giving economy. So we focus on really three key areas. One is that regulation. Two is creating these authentic relationships with the retailer um, and the consumer. And three is the empowering the data to create more profitable and meaningful relationships um, as a retailer. So how does it work if you go to kennethcole.com or um, stevemadden.com, two different examples, kennethcole.com this month, giving back to various LGBTQ plus IE causes and a percentage of each purchase goes back, no extra cost to the customer. It's more of a branded approach to impact. Here's what we stand for as a brand versus, um, Steve Madden also giving back to various LGBTQ uh, causes, but they're letting the customer, they're, they're donating, but they're letting the customer donate and then they're matching that donation versus a uh, Notori.com, for example, women's luxury wear. They're letting the customer opt in and support their nonprofit of choice. So you can choose from one of their featured six causes, which are um, API causes that they're featuring. But then you can search from over 1.5 million nonprofits to support your individual cause of choice with that purchase. So that's an idea. Um, and then after the purchase, the customer can sign up for Shopping Gives to track their impact across the entire giving economy of over 2,000 merchants. And speaking of partnerships, B-Lab has a partnership with the United Nations. We had Andrew Kahn on the show back in December of 2021 when he was a community manager for B-Lab. Here's Andrew sharing a bit more about the partnership between the United Nations and B-Lab. It's actually an official partnership that we have with the UNGC, which is the UN Global Compact. So it, it maps the questions on the assessment to the SDGs so that companies can track and measure their operations, supply chain and business model and how it like sort of creates value and or identifies risks areas for different SDGs. So it's a partnership that we have with them something that we're really proud of. Um, and we're finding that a ton of folks are using whether or not they are a B Corp or not a lot of like, a, a, you know, we have, I don't know the exact number. I was going to just throw out a crazy number, but there are like thousands upon thousands of users of the SCG action manager. And we're really proud of our partnership with the UNGC. And uh, we see it as like an inextricable link to the change that we're trying to create and those goals that have been set by the UN. 
The B Corp community is packed full of really incredible and amazing partnerships. Everywhere you turn, you can find one. And oftentimes, the people in the B Corp community say the partnerships with other B Corps is their favorite part of being a B Corp. With all these incredible partnerships, we want to highlight that they might not be able to happen without a key component. We asked Sean Mark of Alterfin to explain what that key component was to him. I think first, you need a degree of uh, honesty. You need to be honest towards uh, each other and transparent. And by that, I also mean that uh, you need to be able to share, not just when things are, are going well, but especially when things are going wrong. When you are faced with a default, a bankruptcy, a company, when there's a case of fraud, uh, this is when you have to be really open with each other and see what can be done to fix things if it's still possible. With the pandemic, obviously, we've seen you know, dramatic development and an impact on, on, our, on our sector. And it was even more uh, relevant in the sector of microfinance, where all of a sudden, a lot of the organizations need, needed um, um, grace peers, extensions, or even restructuring. And that's where uh, a lot of the lenders worked together. And I think when, um, when the lenders were openly working together for helping the organizations overcome their difficulties, things went well. If one of them had a private agenda and was trying to recover its financing first, and um, regardless of what happened to the uh, the borrower, then things went wrong. So we need to be honest uh, with each other and 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 work collaboratively. That for me is the probably the most important point. With keeping honest communication at the forefront, we also thought Jean Marc was onto something here. Many of us have heard the motto: "Think globally, act locally." Well, let's dig into that a bit more. Well, I remember when I was at uni, um, so uh, one of the mottos was uh, think globally, act locally. And, um, and this is true. Uh, you know, you, you, you need to have strategic thinking at the, at the global level because there are so many interactions, uh, risks. Uh, you have global risks that are all linked. However, without the knowledge of how things are taking place locally, you could still fail. So it's, it's great to be aware of the global risks, but you need to have the knowledge of how things work locally, how the local communities uh, will react, how they are impacted, uh, what you can do for them. And I think, I think that's, that's super important. You need to be able to combine both. To help close out this series, Jean-Marc shared a fable that I had never heard before. So we wanted to end this episode by reminding you all that we all have a part in this work. In order to overcome the barriers in front of us, climate change, poverty, gender equality, clean water and sanitation, we all need to contribute in whatever way we are able and individually do our best in service of our greater collective good. Nobody should ever um, doubt about their capacity to contribute to it. Um, you know, sometimes some people think, well, you know, we're so small, what's the point? 
you know, we are not going to make a dent, you know, we'll have no impact whatsoever. And that's wrong. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's this beautiful fable about the, the hummingbird, which really uh, strike a chord. Um, so you have a fire in the jungle and all the animals, large and small, are, are really uh, so scared of the fire and they, they escape the jungle. And, and then they see that there's only one tiny animal that's still there. And it's the hummingbird flying left and right. And so they come to him and say, hummingbird, what's going on? What are you doing? And they realize actually he's taking every time a little drop of water and, and, and then dropping it onto the fire. I said, but why are you doing that? It's pointless. And he said, it may be pointless to you, but to me it matters because I want to be sure that I tried my best and this is my best. And that's what we need to do. You know, we need to try our best, regardless of how big or small as organizations uh, we are. We need to try our best to make things change. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We really think that the sustainable development goal number 17, partnerships to achieve the goals, is the crucial conclusion we all need to use to make change. If you have not had a chance to listen to all of the episodes in this series, we do encourage you to go back and listen to them. It does not have to be in order, but the goals do build off one another. And many of them are interconnected. There is so much to learn and explore and grow with this series. We do hope it was beneficial to you all. As always, we appreciate you being in this community with us. Please send us an email, review on your podcast player, or comment on our social media. We want to hear from you. What was your favorite episode? How is this series going to help you and your business make some changes? Did you learn anything new? You can email us at content at Deergo Collective or find us on social at Deergo Collective. Brittany and I do have one final episode for you in this series where we will share our answers to all of those questions and our experience in putting this series together for you. So please do tune in for the last episode of this mini series. It was so fun diving into the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals with you all. Until next time, be responsibly different. It's okay, it's on my own bright future in the lights today I can show you too, like it's 1962 Got a bright future In the nick of time Bright future in the nick of time This episode was hosted and produced by yours truly, Ben Marine and Brittany Angelo. We purchased this music from the amazing B Corp Marmoset Music. You can check them out at marmosetmusic.com. To learn more about us, visit responsiblydifferent.com. And to learn more about our parent company, visit dirigocollective.com. <laughs>